Okay, good evening, everybody, and welcome. Tonight we are continuing in chapter four of Shar Habitache, the Gate of Trust. And this is our fifth class within chapter four. And we're talking about the first item. There's seven different items in which we have a relationship with Bitachin, trusting in Hashem. And the first section is our basic necessities, life and death, health and health, food to eat for the day, a place to sleep, clothing. And in all of these things, we learned that Hashem guarantees every living being, human or animal, all of his basic necessities. And last week, we were discussing the fallacy of saying, well, if I'm supposed to live, then I'll live no matter what I do. We learned that, unfortunately, if you do something crazy, you may die. And you'll be, you'll be God forbid, it could be considered suicide and on the highest and worst level. And if somebody lives, we learned that it could be they've used up all their merits to stay alive from that tragic instance so the point so connecting this with our basic necessities we need to do our part this is what we're going to continue to learn in this first section of Bitochen for our basic necessities we need to have our ishtadus our part but we also need to trust in Hashem and we're going to give the example from we're going to learn now the example of a farmer <laughs> if you have a farm you'd have to be foolish to say, well, if Hashem wants my farm to grow, then somehow it will miraculously uh, plow by, it, by itself. It will miraculously seed by itself. It will miraculously water by itself. Gotta be foolish. So you need to go ahead and do your part. But now, even if you go ahead and do your part, that doesn't mean that there'll be water. It doesn't mean even if there's water, it doesn't mean that Hashem's gonna make the food grow. So the, the farmer, that's a great example of, we need to do our part, but ultimately it's going to all be up to Hashem. And that's where you see the title here is the partnership, you and God. Here we go. Just as we have said regarding life and death, that a person is obligated to be concerned about his life and distance himself from danger, even though Hashem guarantees us life. But we still... Can't do anything irresponsible. The same thing is So too, we will say regarding a person's obligation to pursue means to remain healthy, the means to obtain food, clothing, shelter, and positive traits and to distance those things that stand in the way of, of obtaining these things. So just like by life and death, we need to do our part and be responsible. So too, we have to be responsible, do our part to try and remain healthy. We have to do our part to go to the store to buy food. We, we have to do our part to go and, and try and buy clothing. We need to look for a place to sleep. We can't say, well, it's cold outside and it's raining. But if Hashem really wants me to have a, 
a roof over my shoulders, then miraculously a tent is going to fall from heaven and I'll be covered. No, it's, that's irresponsible. And the same thing is putting ourselves, living in a dangerous city. All of these things are irresponsible. We have to do our part. We have to do our part. Now, these efforts are necessary despite the fact that the person also has a strong conviction that these means do not help him whatsoever to obtain them. Were it not for the Creator who had decreed such. So we have this dichotomy. On the one hand, nothing you do is going to give you more than you're supposed to get but you gotta do your part. And this is gonna be the example we're gonna give now from the farmer. Just for example. For example, when a landowner must plow it, and clean it from thorns, sow it, and irrigate it if water becomes available to him. So if you have this property, you need to do your part. But if At the same time, he must rely on the Creator, blessed be he, to bring forth the produce from the ground, to protect it from disasters, and that he will make the produce plentiful and that the creator should bless it. So let's go through it. You could go ahead. Okay, you know, my baby's crying. So I do it. So I want to tell you a story. Could you hear my baby crying in the, uh, yeah, I'll tell you a story. Yeah, we've tuned it out like you tune it out. <laughs> well, let me tell you a story. The, Alter Rebbe, they had a multi-generational home. He lived together with his son, the Mitzler Rebbe, and the Mitzler Rebbe had a, had a child. The Alter Rebbe, if I remember the story correctly, the Alter Rebbe lived upstairs and the Mitzler Rebbe downstairs. One night, the Mitzler Rebbe was involved in his learning and he didn't hear his son crying. And he ignored his child. Not, he didn't ignore him because he was a bad, he ignored him because he was engrossed in his study. And so the Alter Rebbe came and said, the children is our focus. We have to stop what we're doing uh, to take care of our children. So I'm sharing that story just uh, to be clear. My wife is taking care of the baby. I'm very grateful to her for taking care of the baby. I don't want you to think I'm just letting him cry. So, Mark, I didn't tune him out. Okay. So, let's go back to the farm. You can have an incredible crop. You could have done, let's go back. You could have an incredible, you've, you've plowed properly, it's a beautiful field, but there's no water. Now you're in trouble. There could be water and no produce. There could be produce and a disaster. You have, I don't know, you have an, an army comes and they just uh, plow through everything. You could have 
just the produce is just it's a terrible crop or you could have a good crop but it doesn't sell there's so many things that could happen so we have to we have to trust in Hashem that he's going to bless our produce now if you're already trusting in Hashem trust in him that he'll make magic happen and the stuff will grow no it is not fitting for him to forsake the land without working on it or sowing it. Why? Relying on the decree of the creator that the land will sprout forth vegetation without him previously having sowed seeds. That's not appropriate. We call it an Iber Chacham. Don't be this wise man. And you say, hey, if Hashem's prom, if I'm already trusting in Hashem, I'll trust him a little more. You know, they say a story of a, of a man who, a wealthy man who wanted to meet uh, a future prospect for his daughter, he wanted to interview him. They meet and he turns to the man. The man is a studious boy. He's always learning doesn't know much about business. And he says, no, what's your plans? How are you going to support yourself? He says, ha, I trust in Hashem. He says, and we have when you have a family, what are you going to do? He says, I trust in Hashem. And whatever the, this future man, this future father-in-law would ask, he says, I trust in Hashem. So the man comes home and his wife says, no, do you think he's a good shidduch for our daughter? He says, I'll tell you one thing. He thinks I'm God. Okay, thank you, Dr. Malaford, laughing. <laughs> okay. So it, it's irresponsible of us to just say, I'll trust in Hashem, because Hashem tells us we need to trust Him, but do our part. And now this doesn't only apply to a farmer, Vechain. Ah, you know, I, for, I, I forgot to uh, make it bigger. I'm sorry. That should be better now. Vechain. The same, so too, this principle applies to other types of workers, business merchants and paid workers. What does that mean? They are obligated to pursue their livelihood while at the same time relying on the Almighty that their sustenance is in His hands and His control and that He is responsible to provide the person with His livelihood. I want you to see the Hebrew. The Hebrew, I think, is stronger than the, Hebrew, than the English. Look at this word, Arev. Arev means it's a guaranteed. Arev in Hebrew could be a guarantor. Vishehu Arev, Hashem has guaranteed, so it's even more than responsible, that he's going to take care of a person's needs. However, he's able to fully provide him with it in whichever means he wishes. So you need to do your part. Yes, you have to go to Intel, or you have to be constantly looking for jobs. But Hashem may give you your money in a different way. 
Let's see. The al yachshev ki asiba teilehu oit hazikim uma. A person should not think that the means in which the person engages in to obtain his livelihood will help him or harm him at all. So if someone is not doing so well at business, they shouldn't think it's because they're not working hard enough or because they did a sloppy job or a messy job. Ultimately, it's because that's what Hashem wanted. Yes, you should always try to learn from mistakes. You should always try and understand what's happening, but don't think that that is the answer. Ultimately, is it on Hashem's hand and you need to do your best. Now, this is an incredible idea that, that Rabbeinu Bachai is going to say. He's going to say now, if you get your sustenance through the job that you do, you're a lucky man. You're blessed because we know it makes you feel better when, the, when you feel like you work for your money. And if it doesn't come through the way you worked and it comes another way, <laughs> so Baruch Hashem, it's going to come to you. Let's see that inside. If his sustenance is obtained through one of the means in which he busied himself, it is fitting for him not to rely on that particular means to provide for him. And as a result, to rejoice in it. And God forbid he should not become obsessed with it. And pay more attention to it. For by doing so, his trust in the Almighty will be weakened. So if you are having an incredible opportunity, your job is just, you're thriving. You're making tons of money. You're a philanthropist. And we know in Yiddish we say, Der vos hati meya hati deya. The person that has the money, they have the opinion. Everybody, all of a sudden, someone with money, they have all the answers. So, and unfortunately, if they lost the money, they, now they don't know anything. Don't, that's, that's incorrect. Don't believe that now that you've been successful in your job, all of a sudden it's your hard work. And if you work harder, you're going to make more money. No, because actually you're getting, you're losing focus. And let's not forget what we learned in the introduction to Shara Bittachai. If someone trusts in Hashem, their sustenance will come from Hashem. But God forbid, if someone thinks that it came from their own hands, then Hashem will let their, let, things kind of twist that way. In other words, if Hashem was blessing you, remember we said that bitachin is that sink faucet? So if you're trusting in Hashem, this faucet is wide open. But now if you're going to say that, wow, all these blessings that came from my trust are not really from my trust or from my hard work, you're actually closing that faucet. Okay, I need to tell you another, an incredible story. There was a misnagid. A misnagid means someone who didn't believe didn't believe in the Baal Shem. I, I believe it's the story of Baal Shem Tov. His daughter couldn't hear. You know what? The details are missing me. Maybe it was his daughter couldn't move. So his daughter was paralyzed. And his wife 
told him to do this, do that, try everything you can. We need to heal our daughter. And finally, she said, look, go to the Baal Shem He didn't believe in, a, in the Hasidic movement. He thought the Baal Shem wasn't He says, no. His daughter, his wife, you know, nudged him. He went. He took a bag of money. And he goes to the Baal Shem and he asks for a blessing that his daughter should be able to move. She, his daughter was meanwhile sitting in the outside carriage. Remember, she's paralyzed. So the Balshemtiv takes the money that this man gives him to ask for a blessing. And he says, No, there's no there's no need for a blessing. And he takes the money and he throws it out the window. And the daughter miraculously jumps out of the carriage and collects all the money. So the, the person he sees his daughter jump out of the wagon, he runs out to his daughter, he says, Quickly, let's get out of here before the Balshemtiv says that he did a miracle. In other words, if you want, we could go ahead and convince ourselves that even what, what seemingly seems a clear miracle is not a miracle. So we need to be careful if we're having success. And, and we'd like to think that success is coming from blessings. Of, not we'd like, we know that success is coming from a blessing of Hashem. Don't close the faucet. Getting caught up with our, our success, what we did. Similarly, ach. Ein Similarly, it is not fitting for him to think that his occupation will help him any more than that which the Almighty has already decreed to be. He should not rejoice in his choice of this particular occupation, nor in his efforts to obtain it. Wow, I became a doctor, and I worked so hard, and now all this money is coming my way, and it's because of my choice to become a doctor and my hard work and my persistence. Let's not do that. Rather, rather, he should thank the creator who provided him with sustenance subsequent to his toil. That's a big blessing when your work brings in your money. And that God didn't cause his toil and trouble to be for naught. Imagine you go, you go to college, you spent years of your life trying to, you know, become a certain profession, and it doesn't go anywhere. That and so you're still gonna Hashem's still gonna give you your sustenance, but you're not gonna have that satisfaction of it coming through your hard work. So when it does come through your hard work, thank Hashem. That, that it's coming through your hard work and you're able to feel satisfaction from your work. As David Amalek tells us in Tehillim, As it is written, if you eat the toil of your hands, you are praiseworthy and it is good for you. If you're lucky enough that the toil of your hands is bringing you your sustenance, we need to thank Hashem. You are praiseworthy or you're lucky. Any any questions? Okay, I'll tell you another story. On this verse, there was a chassid who was involved in boots. He was involved in galoshin boots. And 
one time he came to his rebbe, and he was so caught up with his boots that his rebbe said, I've seen feet in boots, but it's the first time I'm seeing a head in boots. And the rebbe used this quote, he said, what did David HaMelech say? David HaMelech, let's go back to that first. He said, if you eat the toil of your hands, you are praiseworthy. He didn't say if you eat the toil of your mind, because your mind shouldn't be too involved. Your hands, yeah, it should be toil of your hands. But your mind should be focused on work is work. And now when I left work, I'm, my mind's somewhere else. My mind is at home. My mind is in Torah study. My mind is in holy things. So if we're eating the toil of our hands, that is a very praiseworthy item. Okay, so we're focusing, we're, we are sharing that. We have our basic sustenance provided, but we need to do, we need to do our hishtadlus and know that it all comes from Hashem, our part of know that it comes from Hashem. And here, listen to what a chassid said. Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar shares with us that a chassid said, there was a chassid, it doesn't tell us what this person's name was, we'll call him Rabbi Tzadik. He said, I'm surprised when a rich man asks someone he supports for a thank you. That's surprising. He should know it comes from Hashem. Don't, the rich man feels that he gave his own money. It's not his money. Hashem gave him money to give somebody else. So you mean, so you mean like him asking somebody for gratitude because he's given him something? Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you owe me... You, you owe me a certain uh, thank you and, and you'll, you have to treat me nicely. He says, I'm surprised. But he says, I'm even more surprised by the poor people, which I can't think, with the poor people, which, um, how do you say it? They, they're uh, licking, they're not, like, what's the word of saying like they're, they're trying to become best friends with the rich people. Um, the poor people which are trying to own up. Own up. Licking, licking their boots. Or... Licking their... He says, and so what does that mean? If the rich person is asking for someone who he supported first, thank you. Okay. He has gaiva. He has some, you know, he feels that he get. at least there's a little logic to it. But the poor person who's supported from the rich man, for him to humble himself, that's illogical. Let's see that inside. Let's see that inside. Remember, th this is on the basis that everything is from Hashem. One of the pious people said, I am amazed at those people who give their friend that which the Almighty has already decreed for him. So if I give tzedakah to Shimon, I'm just giving Shimon what Hashem has decreed Shimon should get. And subsequently, I go to Shimon and I remind the recipient of his kindness that he performed for me. I say, hey, just remember, I'm gonna, remember how I treated you? And we'll ask him to thank him for it. And I'm giving Shimon numerous messages 
that, you know, I want him to treat me appropriately. I'm a big shot here. So the, so the chassid says, I'm surprised because I, I didn't do anything. I just gave him what Hashem guaranteed he would get. If I wouldn't give it to him, so Mark would give it to him. Mark, Mark, you're not going to give it to him. Dr. Malavo, Hashem's going to get it to him. But the Yoyser and Isonea, I mean, Mishakibil Tarpeyal Yudei Acher. I am even more amazed at those people who receive their sustenance through another person. Listen to these words. Mukhrach Lasitoyloy, who was forced to give it to him. Hashem was, the money was going to get from point A to point B. The Konea, and despite this, the poor man humbles himself in front of him, compliments him, and praises him? That's illogical. Because it's illogical. People naturally don't just humble themselves in front of other people. So the chassid was saying, if everything is from Hashem, then there's no reason for the rich man to expect things and the poor man to thank the rich man. You know, commentators here are very clear that this doesn't mean we don't need to thank benefactors. It's not at all what it means. On the contrary, we find throughout Tanakh, we find a story of Ruth when she needed sustenance and Boaz supported her. We, Of course we need to say thank you. But we need to say thank you not because the person gave us the money. The money came from Hashem. We need to say thank you because the person was kind-hearted to give you the money. What do I mean? You have free choice whether you're going to give me the money or not. You have free choice. You were kind-hearted and gave me the money. I thank you for your kind-heartedness, but not for the money. Again, the money you gave me. That means Hashem guaranteed it to me. You don't give it to me, someone else will give it to me. So I don't need to thank you for the money. That I thank Hashem. I need to thank you for the kind-heartedness that you gave me the money. Yeshua, does that make sense or is it a little too cryptic? Um, What I'm playing around in my head is a situation where you have a wealthy person who pays a high tax and then goes to a homeless shelter and expects the homeless person upon being given the free meal to look over to the wealthy person and say, thank you very much for this. And similarly, the wealthy person going up to the homeless person and reminding the homeless person, I pay taxes so that you could have this meal and I want you to thank me. Is, is that an analogy that fits here at all? So, Where you have a, so you're saying that analogy, it's inappropriate. Well, is it, is it or is it not an appropriate analogy? Well, I want to tell you something. I love that analogy. And, and I'll tell you, it's the closest we can find. The reason, of course, it's not a good, it's not a perfect analogy is because in the case of taxes, the person feels he worked hard on his own and he's being forced to give this money to the state or country, you know, and technically he could do it under the table and not have to give the money. So in the case of taxes, I think there is room to thank people. Or let's just say, let's make it different that the wealthy person gave to a charity um, and then goes to the shelter to, uh, 
you know, to remind the person receiving the charity where it came from. Oh, that's, a, that's exactly our scenario. And in that case, if you don't trust in Hashem, so then the rich man worked hard and he earned hard-earned money and he now expects or thinks that makes sense. And the poor man thinks didn't work out for him. He owes it to the rich man to acknowledge the rich man's kindness. The rich man saved his life. But the moment we say that we have bitach and everything is from Hashem, so now all of a sudden, the rich man understands that he worked hard, but everybody works hard. Hashem gave him this wealth to distribute it, not because he's better off. And the poor man understands that the fact that he's accepting money is not because he's worse off, but because that's the lot Hashem gave him. And he trusts that whatever is coming his way is what he is promised from Hashem. Does that make sense, Yeshua? I mean, I think your example is phenomenal. Yes, yes. Actually, thank you for the example. It helps me process it myself better. That's a good example. So until now, we were talking about a case where, thank God, the person is successful. The person made money. He's making a lot of money. He's sharing it. But what happens if a person is doing his part and he's not successful? When all else seems to fail. If he does not obtain his livelihood through those means that he put his effort into, then he should realize that it is possible that his daily sustenance is already to be found by him and are in his possession. And it is merrily that he did not yet notice, he did not notice it yet. Maybe two weeks ago, you got a big bonus from your boss. And that's the money for today's sustenance. The fact that today's business deal didn't work out doesn't reflect you, you not succeeding and having the money you need. In other words, it's a little bit of a hard, hard thing to say. I think it goes against our nature. But needing to go into your savings account is not reflective of Hashem not taking care of you. That may be Hashem's plan for you for the day. In other words, the fact that you had that savings account, Hashem understood and planned it, and that's for today. Alternatively, it is possible that, that his livelihood will come to him through another means in which he did not put effort in. In other words, the fact that your job today did not bring in money, number one is it could be you already have the money in your home. You have it in savings. You know, perhaps not the, not a scenario we want to talk about, but maybe you need to pawn something for the day to get that money. But the money is there. Or another scenario is it's going to come through another means. Yes, your job didn't succeed, but you're going to get a gift from somebody. In any event, it is still fitting for him to busy himself with the means which could bring him his livelihood. Now, 
he should be lax in not pursuing a job, provided, as we discussed in the previous chapters, that they are fitting for his character traits, meaning if you're weak, you shouldn't be doing schlepping. It's unhealthy. If you're more of a, if your body makeup is, is something that doesn't fit this job, then it may not be for you. His physical strength, his faith, and his world to come, as I prefaced earlier in chapter three. Now, combined with his effort, he should rely on the Almighty. That he will not forsake him in his time of need, not weaken him, not ignore him when misfortune befalls him, as it is says. The Lord is good, a stronghold on a day of trouble, and is cognizant of those who trust in him. So by trusting in him, Hashem will take care of us um, in a time of need. And certainly, um, God willing, we shouldn't even have that need. We're learning here something really, really Simple and something really, really complicating. It's really simple means if we trust in Hashem, then it's simple. We do our part and the rest comes. It's really, really complicating because to put it in practice is hard on so many levels. It's hard to, when you don't have, you don't have. You know, on a day that you don't know how, you to co- how you're going to cover your bills. I, I've heard many people, they tell me, I didn't know how I would cover my bills and then a miracle happened. But until the miracle happened, it's, it's very scary. You know, it's, it's stressful. The Rebbe often spoke about a savings account or even life insurance or things similar. That we, we sometimes people we get caught up and think, I have life insurance. There's nothing to worry about. I have a savings account. There's nothing to worry about. And that's exactly, that's against bitachin. Remember we said, the moment you rely on something else, you're losing your bitachin. And what the Rebbe was saying is, we can't rely on our insurance. We can't rely on our savings account. We should have them. Not that we, we need to be responsible. That's the flip side we're learning here. We have to have our hishtadlus. We need to do our part. But doing our part, we should not get caught up and think, that's all I need. Any questions or comments or concerns? So when you say it's not all I need, are you saying money isn't all I need? Like that would be superficial. What are the other things I would need? Like Hashem or a nice family life, or food on the table. What would be the other things? Well, no, let's, let's just talk about money because we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, if I don't have a savings account, I don't have anything. Right. And that's why I want to repeat. I did not say not to have a savings account. I did not say not to have life insurance. Because... Like we're learning here, you have to do your part. Part of doing your part is planning for tomorrow. The concern is when you feel confident in tomorrow, 
because of your savings account. So now with the moment you feel confident, you've lost trust. And uh, why, I don't, why, why, hasn't, why hasn't the confidence given you trust? What are you trusting? Are you trusting your savings account or are you I'm, trusting I'm, Hashem? I'm trusting that because I have a savings account that Hashem has enabled me to have, that I can trust that tomorrow I can pay my bills. So who are you trusting? Are you trusting Hashem or the savings account? Well, hasn't Hashem enabled me to have a savings account? For sure. So in that case, you're trusting in Hashem. Yes. And you're, you're doing your hishtadl, so you're doing your part and saying, I'm, I'm planning for tomorrow. However, often, oftentimes, I'll, I'll give you some example. I'll give you an example of where the Rebbe mentioned this. If someone is in need, if someone comes to you in, in need, they, they're starving, they're dying, and, and you look at your savings account and you say, if I'm going to support them, my 50-year plan is not going to stay in place, that's a problem because that's lacking trust in Hashem to say, here is something I need to do. I have what I need on the table and I could support somebody else. So now you're trusting in your savings. You're not trusting in Hashem. So, so I think the question about the savings comes down to, and, and it's perhaps it's more of a personal question, you know, again, Am I trusting in Hashem or the savings? Does that make sense, Mark, or I'm not being clear? You're making them mutually exclusive, but they don't have to be, surely. Well, I, I think what I'm what trying, some, I think what what I'm trying to say in contrast, the way I hear you say it is you're saying they're equal. Trust in Hashem and have a savings account. No, I'm, but what I, but well, like I said before is I wouldn't have my savings account unless Hashem, unless there was part of Hashem's plan that enabled me to have a savings account. Correct. Okay. I, I, I want, maybe I'm not being clear. I'm trying to say that the top needs to be, I'm trusting in Hashem. Meaning, and, and a step from that comes now Hashem has enabled me with the savings account, but I think a, the, the test to know am I trusting Hashem or the savings account would be when an issue arises, am I willing to dip into my savings account saying, I trust in Hashem, he's helping with the savings account, and God willing, I'll be able to get more? Or do I, do, do I say that this is, this is my savior, this is how I'm going to live, and I can't touch it? Okay, so, okay, so I see that, I, I see what you're saying. So, as opposed to trusting that Hashem will provide to me as opposed to being beholden to my bank account. Yes, that, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to Got say it. you need to make that savings. Okay. You, you do your best, but not say your savings is... Not, not pun intended, but, no right. pun intended, but not at the expense of my savings account. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Maybe okay, in a, in a, what goes through my mind through these conversations is the life of a farmer. And, and how much the farmer can depend upon himself 
versus Hashem for his livelihood. And then you have a situation where the farmer has a good crop during the summer and then builds up a stockpile of food to make it through the cold, harsh winter. And, uh, and deep in November when the skies are dark and the ground is frozen, somebody knocks on the farmer's door, frozen, wandering and lost and needs to eat. Does the farmer take the person in knowing that it's gonna go against his stockpile of food? Or does the farmer turn the person away? Or, similar, yeah. or similarly, if you're married and you've saved money and, um, and say uh, you then have a major health issue that has the prospect of bankrupting you. So you, I, I, I like your example. It's, act, it's because it's a, it's a tough example. Yeah. Meaning you're, you're saying like, look, I don't know if I'll be able to live out the next coming months. Um, so I want to talk about that example for a moment. It's a great example. And Mark and Yeshua, these questions are really, really inspiring for me. So I appreciate you, you bringing them up. Um, we need to remember that if I only have enough water for me or you, so the Torah says that I should keep the water. I don't want to talk about me and you, okay? If there's Reuven and Shimei, the classical example. If Reuven and Shimei are in the desert and Reuven has enough water for him to get through the desert or he could share with Shimei and, and you know, both of them are going to die, so then he should have it. And he should have it to the extent that he shouldn't even give it to his friend. He shouldn't say, well, my friend is greater. No, if you have the water, then you should drink it, even if, God forbid, someone else will be harmed. So to go back to the example of the farmer, if, um, if, it, if it appears he's going to die um, and there's, it's, he just doesn't see a way out, so that's a different story. I want to, you know, so let, let me see what I mean, a different story. If the farmer is living on his own, there's no, he doesn't even know if anybody else exists around him and he has enough, he has only a week full of food um, should he share with somebody else? That's not the scenario we're talking about. Um, we are talking about where the farmer has food and he doesn't know how he will afford more food in a month. So that's a different question because Hashem, Hashem naturally could provide for him in, in numerous ways. Does, does that... Anyways, I'm hoping that also will help give a little clarification to our conversation. So let, let's wrap this up. And I uh, and next week, God willing, we're going to conclude the first area of Bitochen, which is basic necessities. Next week, we're going to talk about health concerns. This week, we learned that regarding financial um, areas, worrying about my basic necessities, what do I need to do to have the, fi to have the finances to live? I need to do my part. I need to look for a job. I can't just say Hashem's going to provide. However, I need to know that maybe Hashem will give me the money through my method. Maybe not. If Hashem gives me money through my method, amazing. When Hashem gives you the money through your toil, that's, you're, you're a lucky person. And, and don't, get, don't get caught up thinking, ah, 
I worked hard. No, Hashem gave you that money. And if it doesn't come through that method, maybe you already have that money already. Maybe it's in your savings. Maybe it's in your house. Or maybe it's going to come another way. So we need to trust in Hashem. Hashem will, will provide for us. But we need to do our part. I'd like to thank you all for joining.